Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. Today we have with us Rada Metro Midkiff. And I'm going to tell you who she is, and then I'm going to introduce you. You can see her, but I'm going to tell you who she is first. Um, if I can get my papers open. Okay. Radha is a certified life coach and the executive director for the Integral Yoga Institute, New York. Her upbringing in yoga began at an early age, having been raised under the tutelage of Sri Swami. This is going to be a hard one. Sachidananda. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Her parents, um, Integral Yoga ministers, Bhagavan and Bhavani Metro moved several times to ensure her and her five siblings received an integral yoga school, Yogaville, Vid <laughs> Vidyalayam education from first to 12th grade. At a young age of 18, Radha was already certified as both a Hatha Yoga and Raja Yoga instructor, or Raja Yoga instructor. <laughs> Furthermore, she was among a select group of four individuals to receive the direct blessing of Dharma confirmation from Swami, and I'm not going to say it again, a rare and highly coveted honor. <laughs> Welcome. Wow, that was a challenge. <laughs> Quite a mouthful. <laughs> lots of lots of Indian names, and I didn't even, I should have read that ahead of time. I, I might have prepared better. But hi, welcome. Hi. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me here. You are so welcome. So with all of that that I said, tell us who you who you are, because <laughs> I think I really messed that up. <laughs> Quite all right. So um, I uh, hail from <laughs> Virginia, uh, Yogaville, Virginia, mm -hmm. and we are one of the few Western ashrams, particularly ashrams in the United States that are still in existence. So we have a large community that lives at Yogaville. Um, that is where I was raised and went to school. So I did 12 years of yoga schooling, as well as um, got all my trainings and then lived and worked there over the years. And then about two years ago, we moved to New York City so that I could work as the executive director of our institute in New York. And our institute in New York has been there since 1970 on the very same building that we've been in for all those years. Um, it is really such an iconic place in New York City, particularly when it comes to the yoga world. Where is it in New York? Uh, we are, oh, I just lost an earring. That's so interesting. I'll just take this other one out. <laughs> <laughs> we are located on 13th Street um, between 7th and 8th Avenue, so right at the edge of Greenwich Village. Okay, very nice, very nice. So you grew up in this, this is, this is just like secondhand to you because you yeah you I always say so you educated. couldn't dig the yoga out of me if you tried mm. like it's just um, it, it was the way that we were raised it's my culture it's um, my core belief uh, not to say that I've always practiced or I'm some like you know um, didn't have my mm. didn't have my 20s rebellion but definitely it is it is at the core of everything that I do and, and certainly everything we do within Yogaville and New York. And I didn't even realize there was a, a 1 through 12 or K through 12 program like this. I had no idea that existed. Yeah, it's very unusual. We actually um, had a K through 12 program. Uh, when I graduated, actually, it fell apart sort of at that point. Um, it became then like a junior high program and then it was just a middle school program, but they actually just are bringing it back. And so we're reopening the school this coming year um, with actually some of my nephews and friends, children. And it's yeah. pretty exciting to see that flourish again because it was an amazing, yeah. amazing upbringing. Wow. So you had basic education, but you in integrated with the yoga philosophies. Yeah, and one of the things that they did with the basic education that I think is so fascinating is they tried to weave in the yoga everywhere that they possibly could. So we really, um, it was like, you know, if if you had a problem and you were trying to solve the problem, it wasn't just like you either solve it or you don't solve it. 
it was like, okay, how can you use your breath to calm down? You're starting to get stressed about the problem. Let's utilize the breath, calm the system down, you know, cool out your nervous system. They had all these things they were doing with us that honestly, I mean, as a kid, I had no idea what was going on. I just, it was just life. But now when I look back at the brilliance of those teachers, I'm just amazed by what they were doing with us um, so early on. And then also uh, our education was based a little bit in Montessori and Waldorf techniques, but then merging in yoga with it. So we also had this incredible education where nothing was taught just like book learning. Um, I would say you weren't allowed to fail. So like if you got a bad grade on a test, you had to just keep redoing it over and over and over until you actually learned the information. And then um, they tried to integrate all of our learning styles so that, you know, it was practical. If we were doing math, then we'd go out and like build a play set for the younger kids. Or if we were, you know, studying Native Americans, they had us go out and build teepees in the woods and gather acorns and make acorn bread. Like everything awesome. was very experiential. Wow, awesome. And Montessori yeah. is a self-paced pretty much. Is this, was this self-paced as well? It was. That's where we kind of had a lot of the Montessori influences, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't entirely Montessori because, like I said, it was also very Waldorf, very hands-on and, like, creative. And um, and then mixed in with our own, you know, uh, tradition. And there were also a lot of, like, those traditional Indian Garukala um, ideas that were brought into our education, too. So it was an interesting experiment. In some ways, um, it was magical. In some ways, it was very difficult. Uh, just like I guess anybody's upbringing. Um, but it was, I would say, a really great <clears throat> success because um, many of the, the students, sorry, I have a little bit of cold today, so I may have to have a little Listen, bit of tea I'm, every I'm once in a while. Clearing too, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. I'm clearing too, it's fine. Okay. Um, so they brought in, uh, many of the kids that went to school there mm -hmm. really have gone on to do a lot of incredibly successful things in their areas and in their um the field that they went into which we just have a really high rate of um extraordinarily successful people that came out of the school which is pretty exciting so today we're going to talk about signs that your chakras are out of balance and ways to heal them um <clears throat> for those who don't know what chakras are would you explain that please yes absolutely so <clears throat> chakras are these energy centers <clears throat> and Chakras are kind of interesting because we haven't done a lot of like Western studies on them yet. They're just starting to be able to map them and be able to see them through different imaging and things like that. But what's interesting to me, of course, being in yoga for 50 years, is watching how Western science has caught up with a lot of these things in yoga. So like now we have, you know, probably tens of thousands of studies that have been done on meditation or yoga or breathing. Um, we're starting to now have studies do, done on like chanting and things like that. So I do believe that um, once our science is able to catch up with this technology of being able to see these things, we will see that we have these energy centers. So they basically go kind of like down your spine. And these energy centers, each of them holds like a certain um, purpose with it. So they start at like the base of your spine and you've got seven major chakras and then they go all the way up your spine to the top of your head. So um, we can go through them if you want. I mean, I sure. Yeah. So and, um, you know, when you say they're at your spine, this is an energetic. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, this is an energetic area. OK, so it's not like you can open a person up and see a chakra. OK, it's energy energy portals right yeah energy portals and if you kind of think about it like you can't really see like um an electrical pulse that's going through a nerve but we know that thoughts are electrical pulses we know that there's electrical pulses going through our body so i kind of like to compare it a little bit for people because they are these centers of like almost like electrical stuff happening within our systems we can't see it but that doesn't mean it's not happening so that's why i was saying like soon we'll be able to measure things that we can't measure now um but we do have them in there um they're different colors so they represent different colors and then each one has like i said a different purpose so the thing that i really like about studying the chakras is it's an easy way if you have something out of balance in your life 
or you're noticing somewhere where you're kind of stuck, it's an easy way to try to like meditate and open those up and really kind of heal them and get them going because they actually are these like spinning discs almost. And some of them spin around, some of them kind of spin in circles and they have like this incredible movement to them as well. So sometimes like they get stuck or you get a lot of like, um, prana which is like you know life force sometimes the prana gets stuck moving through them ideally in the purpose of yoga the ancient um uh, yogis their whole purpose was to clear the chakras in the spine so that you had this kundalini energy right kundalini is like this snake that snakes up your spine and brings this godlike awareness so you have to clear all these energy centers in order to be able to do that i know this sounds so woo woo to some of you out there probably but I promise like there is a lot more science to this than we actually realize. And again, it's just kind of like Western science hasn't been able to quite catch up yet. Right, and um, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound woo-woo to me because I, I understand <laughs> all of this. Um, I don't know what your listeners are like, Randy, but definitely like some people When they like, see a show like this, it's going to attract a certain kind of person because I do a lot of shows that are spiritual based. I do some that are psychologically based. So it draws different people. So this will draw the people who are interested in this. Okay, good. And so basically the chakras are the colors of the rainbow, right? Yeah, they're really beautiful. So they have like these different colors with them. Um, and they go up, like I said, up your spine. So you start with like your root chakra and you, your root chakra is this red chakra. And it's really about um, grounding yourself. It's about your connection to the earth. Um, it's really about, uh, you know, having your, your centeredness in this world. And so the things that we kind of notice with that when you start to feel like, oh, something's kind of out of, out of alignment, is you'll start to feel um, ungrounded, right? If, you, if you're feeling like, oh, I feel really kind of anxious and ungrounded, if you're feeling insecure. Um, and then of course the different issues that you can find around this are like, if you have something going on with your feet or your legs, uh, could be your lower back pain, that's, a, that's one. Fatigue, fatigue's a big one too. Um, if you're just feeling like really tired, like I just don't understand why I'm tired. Sometimes it's just a matter of clearing out this root chakra. Right. And here you have um, troubles with legs, feet, background, mm -hmm. emotional signs, anxiety, worry, insecurity, a lack of grounding, which you said, um, lower ache, back ache, con even constipation. So is this where I, was gonna say, I, I didn't I, mention constipation and that's a great one because so many of us have that, right? But that mm -hmm. constipation comes from that stuckness, that feeling of being stuck somewhere and really just not very grounded in what's right. going on. It's in not moving. It's just not moving. Okay. Correct. So then we move up. That was red. Now we move mm -hmm. up to orange, right? Yellow. To orange. So orange. Orange and yellow. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so we have orange and that is the sacral chakra. Um, this is such a beautiful one because it really is about like our creativity, our, our life force, right? This is right around um, like our sex organs. And so this is where we literally are creating life out of this area. And so it also, if you ever feel like you're blocked in um, your creativity, if you're feeling sort of like disconnected from people, it can, um, if you have any kind of emotional stuckness, a lot of this, I usually say, like, if you're really experiencing emotional stuckness, it often comes from your second chakra and then your fourth chakra from your heart. So this one, um, obviously, again, reproductive issues, um, hip pain, if you've got any urinary tract stuff. But also it's the emotional stuff that to me is um, see what happens in our bodies is we have like um, we have different layers mm -hmm. of our of our systems. And so these layers um start with sort of like some of the emotional stuff so it's the emotional stuff that is actually the stuff we got to catch because the emotional will turn into the physical stuff it's not that the physical then becomes the emotional so when you start to notice some of these emotional stuff coming up eventually it will manifest physically in your system so by the time you notice like hey i'm having reproductive issues you've probably been dealing with some of the emotional effects of these stuck chakras for a longer time. So things like guilt and jealousy, um, again, if you have any emotional numbness and then lack of creativity, so much of our creativity comes. So like if you, I haven't um, talked to people who are starting businesses, um, 
and they have this idea, but they just feel like kind of like stuck in what's what's moving or they feel like they can't get their business moving. I often tell them like, this is a good one to focus on is your second chakra, because that is so much of that creativity and that manifestation mm. of what you really, really? Um, the abundance and all that stuff in your life. Mm. That's really interesting. Okay. Um, so then we move up to, um, <clears throat> let's see the, the third solar chakra, plexus, which is yeah. this one is yellow, right? Yes. This one. <laughs> so now <laughs> this one, um, again with that, this is like your gut, right? So this is right around your stomach. So when you say that thing of like, I feel stuck or I feel like sick to my stomach or like my gut reaction to something, um, this is the chakra, right? So there's a lot of stuff that goes along with that. Like, um, also your low self-esteem, if you have anger or control issues, right? Control is a big one. You can get really stuck in this. Like if you're like, I have to have everything be perfect. Often it's the solar plexus, um, because it is your, um, it's not your intuition, like this forehead chakra is going to be, but it's almost like your intuition and then the manifestation and the way that you make you know, move forward with that intuition oh, wow. comes from this chakra. So it's really important to keep this one clear if you're um, you're experiencing difficulty making decisions, right? I just, mm -hmm. or if we have like nervousness, right? Butterflies in my stomach. Like we have so many phrases. I think it's really interesting that go along with this particular chakra mm -hmm. that we just have in our language. Um, but it's giving indicators of what exactly this chakra does for us. And then, of course, if it's out of alignment, then eventually the physical parts will be things like, um, you know, problems with your digestion and also weak immune system, right? Because our immune system is so linked into our stomach energy. And so as that starts um, emotionally, then it will eventually come into our stomach and, and affect our immune system. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've always, when I have something really serious it's, that's upsetting me it's it gets me right in the solar plexus every time you know that's where I feel it and I think a lot of people do because I'll ask people I work with people who are um recovering from emotional traumas <clears throat> oh my gosh yes yeah. this is and a, big a lot one. of people have the solar plexus um yeah it's often and we'll get to these parts but they often I say where do you feel it it's here and here heart and sh heart and throat yep Yep. So, um, yeah, that totally makes sense. And this, um, this also, the solar plexus also has to do with, um, our consumption of food, right? So that's also why I think like often when we have some kind of traumas or emotional stuff going on, it can often develop into some sort of eating disorder thing where people will either not eat or they'll eat too much, or they will soothe themselves emotionally with food because it's all wrapped into the solar plexus area in our stomach. That is really interesting to know. Important to know. Uh, okay, so red, orange, yellow, green. Green. You one would think that our heart would be like pink or red, right? But right. it's not. It's green. The heart chakra is green. Okay. <laughs> it is. I've always found that one to be particularly interesting. Um, so yeah, it's green. So also the other thing, as we're going to talk a little bit about how you do some healing on these, but um, intuitively green. So like I like to wear a lot of green you know, to keep my heart chakra sort of open and green's a color that I surround myself with a lot just to soften this heart area. Mm -hmm. So the heart area mm -hmm. is going to be, um, like we would think, uh, relationships, feeling emotionally closed off, lack of compassion. That's also an interesting one um, of like how we get stuck in this, like um, feeling of not enough, right? There's not enough in this world for me that can often be here or that feeling of like um you know i don't have enough to give to somebody because i'm not healing my own heart area right and so also then of course we have lung issues a lot of people i just think this is so fascinating i was talking about this recently um is that so much of covid sat in our lungs right so like it is a lung respiratory sort of disease right. but also so much of our grief um and our emotional pain sits also in this chakra so i really kind of like was looking at this idea of like where where does it start and where does it end like did 
we almost like manifest this global pandemic out of our collective grief, out mm. of our collective pain around this heart area that's so connected to our lungs. Or did we experience this pandemic and then it developed into this emotional pain? Because now I think, you know, I think we talk a lot about like post COVID and all of this um, physical stuff that's going on with people. But what's surprising to me is how much emotional stuff, like emotional pains that people are still carrying around from being isolated from their friends and family, from mm -hmm. having loved ones pass away, for just having that many people on this planet pass away from this thing, it just causes this collective energy around it. So it's very interesting um, to look at these things, like even on a global level of how they can affect us, because we're all connected, right? We're not, we're not separate. Um, again, we're all just made up of mostly energy Right. And energy doesn't know separation <laughs> energy. My hand does not know that like, you know, it starts here and ends somewhere. It is just energy that's flowing. And if I touch my computer, then the energy of the computer and the energy of my hand don't have a set, you know, stop point. And that's true of all of us. So when you say heart chakra, you're not talking about the organ of the heart, but it is the energy of, is it the energy, is the energy related to that organ? Absolutely. So if you have any kind of heart problems, chances are there's some emotionally blocked stuff there. So like you are either unable to experience love for yourself, experience love for others. Um, and that's a really important part because often, you know, it, many people who have this heart stuff um, do feel a lot of love for others. So it's hard to make that connection because they're like, I don't I don't get this. I I am loving. I'm a very loving, giving person. Mm -hmm. But usually what it means is like you haven't learned to turn that love on yourself and to take care of yourself and be loving to your own self. And so then it can manifest mm. into things like heart problems. That's very true of, of many people who are hurting, yeah. but they're also very giving and loving and they give externally, but they don't give internally. Oh, so true. Yeah. So it's many it, givers out there. There is. <laughs> and I have to work with people to get them out of that mode and not get them out of that mode, but to get them to give to themselves first, to take care of themselves. And then that's a byproduct of self-love, you know, Absolutely. But people don't understand that. So they want to give, but then they're exhausted and tired and angry and resentful and all of those things. You've got to give to you first. Exactly. This is important. Exactly. The next one is blue and this is my spot, this throat chakra. And I've been dealing with this for several years. When I started to deal with it, I switched my favorite color and not mm. on purpose. Everything's blue. Everything yeah. is blue. It's the weird. I even see like you have a little blue here. Yeah. You have like a little... I, I, this is unusual. Normally my nails are blue. My glasses are blue. Normally I'm blue everywhere. <laughs> and so Let's talk about the throat chakra. So the throat chakra has, oh, it's, it has a lot to do with lack of clarity. Um, however, one of the things that, um, uh, it's all about communication, right? It's your, it's your throat. It's unable to express yourself in the way you need to express yourself, which I think is interesting for you, Randy, because you have mm -hmm. a podcast, you speak all the time, right? Yes. And you have this communication but generally, like, you know, if anybody's ever been emotional or gotten into a fight or with a loved one or had something and you feel like the words get stuck in your throat, that is literally what we're talking about here. I like this one because it's most people have experienced this. Sometimes it's harder to relate to like the base chakra or the sacral chakras, but this one, almost everybody has some moment in their life where they're like, I should have said something. I wish I'd said something. I need to say something mm -hmm. and it's not coming out and I'm blocking it. And so often this will turn into things like sore throats. Um, you know, um, for me, it turns into, uh, I used to get strep throat all the time, mm -hmm. like constantly I was getting strep throat. Also probably it has a little deal to do with these sinus issues we've got going on right now. And I have that too. <laughs> right. Sinuses. Uh-huh. I wonder what we're not talking about, Randy. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about this, you know, because not only do I express myself here on this podcast, 
but I work with clients every day, all day, um, and help them express themselves. I give them tools for expressing themselves into moving through these things. So I, on a physical level, I'm expressing all over the place, but there's something else. I haven't figured it out. It, it, it's an energetic, it's a spiritual level. I don't know what it is yet. I haven't gotten there yet. And it probably is something again, like on that emotional level, because it takes a while to get to the physical. So by the time we're seeing the physical, we notice that like there's something emotional or energetic that's been going on for a while. Already. I think your sound got quieter. Oh, did it? There it is. That's better. That's better. Okay. Yeah. So the um the I've got these little like mics that sometimes yeah. get buried. Um. So yeah. So it's it can often be like energetically that has been going on for a long time before it starts to manifest itself physically. Mm-hmm. So you know I know. Uh, I am the executive director of a large organization. Um, Sometimes as a leader, you don't want to say the things you have to say, right? You don't have to make the decisions that you, or you don't want to make the decisions you have to make. So one thing we're going through right now is a lot of restructuring, which means I'm having to lay people off because Mm -hmm. we're condensing and we're letting go of certain jobs and we're, we're shifting. And so it totally makes sense to me that this is starting to manifest right now because I've had to have a lot of conversations I don't want to have, right? It is incredibly challenging to sit in front of somebody, especially this time of year, and say, you know, we're going to have to let you go. And and uh, especially some of them have been there a long time. So mm-hmm. it has been really emotional. And I knew the emotional stuff was happening um, but it's fascinating also that like sometimes it's not until we start to do almost like the healing things that it even starts to manifest physically. So it's like I've been holding, holding, holding. And then I came back to Virginia for the holidays. And it was like almost the minute we drove into the state of Virginia. <laughs> I was like, what's going on with my sinuses? <laughs> what oh, is happening no. with my throat? I was like, and it was almost like, as I got to the place where I was going to be able to start doing the healing work, then that's when, you know, I, it started to manifest physically. So it doesn't always happen right away. And certainly, um, you know, one of the most, one of my most favorite books is you can heal your life by Louise Hay. Mm. It's a beautiful book because it really talks about the emotional connections and the physical connections. Um, And some of that stuff, like, I love the chakras because we can start with the chakras. So maybe you have like an ankle problem, but you have to start with like your base chakra first so the energy can even start flowing and you can get those, those emotional blocks. Because again, we have like these energy things happening. We've got emotional things happening. And then we've got physical things happening. And even as we go through like studying the yogic practices, these things have different manifestations. So like we even in our meditations, like there's sound meditations and silent meditations and physical practices, because you have to be able to deal with all the different levels in order to really have a healthy functioning, not just body. We are body, mind, spirit. We're body, mind, soul. So it takes all of these different things to bring yourself around to a sense of balance. So it really probably is. you and I need to sing more. That's a beautiful one for the throat. It's just like singing really loud, just like at the, you know. You just nailed it. I have sung my whole life and I stopped doing it, I don't know, maybe 20, no, 30 years ago, I stopped doing it. I was taking lessons, I was writing, I was always singing. I don't sing anymore but I have a, um, a paralyzed vocal cord as a result of all of this. So yeah. I can't sing. So maybe that's what this is all about. I can't maybe sing. It is. <laughs> and I meant to sing, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that can, again, that can be emotional too, right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I mean, it's very challenging when we love something and then all of a sudden you can't do it. And so then it starts to manifest in different ways in our life. We're so integrated. That's what I also think is really fascinating. Um, and again, it's like, I always say like yoga is such a science. It is like this 5,000 year old science that is just amazing. And for years we've known that it works. We know that we like this stuff is good stuff, but now western science has the technology that they're being able to measure these things so even like humming om 
-hmm. and just like mm, and having it vibrate here in your um your throat could be really healing and can actually like create vibrations that can block you know knock some of that stuff I'm gonna out do that. i'm gonna yeah. do that okay so then we move up to here i was gonna say where are we oh third, third eye. eye indigo oh gosh i love the third eye one because it is um i i'm a thinker i'm like such a thinker uh, my husband says like you could almost see like you know uh, <laughs> steam coming out of my head i'm thinking all the time so this is a really important one for me also because it has to do with like headaches i get headaches i squint a lot um i get these eyebrow headaches all this stuff because mm -hmm. this is about um the connection also to our intuition and our divine knowing and so by me thinking so much i'm thinking i have to think it out mm -hmm. i'm not realizing all i have to do is open myself up and the wisdom will come to me and so um that's how i always know i'm getting really stuck like i will even get like my head i'll touch my head and it'll be like literally hot from from overheating from oh, wow. thinking it out hmm. and then my husband is such like an intuitive and um he yeah he doesn't get like those same sort of headaches all the time it also has to do with vision problems and insomnia this idea of like um feeling really disconnected from what you know mm -hmm. and also um if you're feeling like you know sometimes um, if i'm feeling uh like i'm not in harmony with everything around me then that disconnection from like your spirituality can also mm. be like right here with your chakra. So actually there's a lot of meditations that are done where even though you have your eyes closed, you're gazing mm. up at this particular spot so that you can really open that. So you are flowing through the universe and you don't have to worry about like, do I know the answer? Do I know how to do this? Am I, is it right? Is it wrong? Mm. Instead, we can just really be in touch with, um, this just universal flow of knowledge. And that's and your pineal gland, right? It is, mm -hmm. it is, yeah. Which of mm. course, now we have studied a lot and we understand also the importance of that and things like our stress response and how we, you know, um, how we regulate so many systems in our body as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the human body is so complex. It's crazy. And that's just the body, right? Like right. I said, like we're starting to understand that like there are other like subtle bodies mm -hmm. that are kind of this is the whole idea of our auras, right? Is like there's these subtle bodies also. And that's why so many um, energetic healing methods um, can be really powerful, whether you're doing chronic healing or Reiki, something like that, hands-on healing. Um, hands-on healing, of course, is is ancient. They've been doing this for you know, centuries, especially, you know, there's entire um, Christian sects where they, um, hands-on healing is a part of their practices because um, it's, it's, uh, it's working with these more subtle bodies as opposed to just working with the physical body. Another interesting thing is like, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, physical masters or, um, Again, it makes me think kind of in like Christianity um, where the, um, oh gosh, now their name's escaping me, where they actually do this like kind of hands-on hmm, like right, right. Know, energy thing. You're healed and then they fall back. Right, you're healed right. and then they fall back. And right. this also exists hmm. in um, hmm. gurus do this too. They call it Shakti Pot in India. And so often when they do it, they do it right here because it just boom, opens it up and your wow. wisdom and your connectedness happen right there. So it's really fascinating that um, that it's like there's a knowledge and an ancient knowledge. This is not something that, you know, like I said, we can start to see now as we can map people's, you know, um, uh, heat and stuff coming off of people. We can right. start to map this stuff. Right. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the subtle body, and, and this is really important, I think, for people to hear, that they don't end here. This is not, this does not define them. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's so much more. And it's really hard to let go of that 
belief that we are we exist in just this form <clears throat> how do you explain yeah, it, that to people it's so true and i think when we identify too much with this form then we start to think that this form is us and that is one of the main precepts of yoga is i am not the body i'm not the mind i am the immortal self and so when we think that we just end with this form then if this form doesn't look or act or behave the way we want it to then we start identifying our happiness our joy our health all of these things around our physical form so um if you know i think one of the most obvious examples is our obsession in this western culture with what we look like and so you know if somebody is overweight or if you have you know gained weight after this is a good time of year right everybody's Everybody probably gained a little bit of weight over the holidays um and realizing that this is just the physical body gaining weight it has nothing to do with who you are your value what you mean to the world how you can show up in your life like we put so much weight on this physical form and if i don't look a certain way or act a certain way or my hair is messy or mm. you know i went out and i had a smear on my face and then my whole day is ruined because i'm so embarrassed by this experience it all comes from this um identification with this physical body mm -hmm. but you know i think it's a really powerful thing um at least in my experience um here in the south we believe in um, viewings, right? We have family night where people, when they pass away, we come and we actually, they have an open casket and you go and you see the person. And for me, it's a really powerful part of the grieving process because when you see a physical body there with the spirit or the soul no longer in it, it really helps you realize like, I mean, how many times do people go look at the casket and go, that's, that doesn't look like them. That's not them. They're not they're not in this form, just laying in this box. There's something missing there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a perfect example of how we just, we are not these bodies. Um, you know, if your, your spirit came through my physical form, it would look very different. And we, we have this so much in, in Western culture. They just, you know, they have another movie that just came out on Netflix where like the parents switch bodies with the children. And that that exploration and i think the reason why we're always so curious about that exploration is because somewhere deep down we know this physical body is just something we're inhabiting it is not something that we actually are so i would say you know what if you gain 10 pounds 15 pounds over the holidays whatever who cares it's not it says nothing about you and your ability to control yourself or have a good life or be joyful or your self-worth or what you can offer to this beautiful world or anything like that it is just the pull of gravity on your physical form that changes the number on the scale mm. like it's, that's all it is it's, it's so you explained <laughs> that so well and that's um that's really true and i hope people who are listening it's going to help you to really put this into perspective the mind also is the same thing because mm -hmm. our thoughts are not all we have and um and we were talking about you know the third eye um the sixth chakra and there's so much that comes in that we're in touch with that it's yeah. it goes way beyond our thinking and our level of control so it's, it's i think it's so important to have these conversations so that people understand they're so much more than they think they are so much more than they think they are and i always like to say just because i think it doesn't make it true right a thought is a chemical reaction in my brain and i have um in my own personal journey have uh had experience about severe depression um severe anxiety um I was diagnosed with ptsd i was uh living in new york during september 11th and was standing on the the street when the first building fell oh my gosh and really struggled with um my depression and what that looked like the great blessing of that experience was i finally got to the point where i really got to experience just because i think it it doesn't make it true so just because I think I'm stupid doesn't actually make me stupid. Just because I think I'm fat doesn't actually make me fat. 
Just because I think that person is ugly doesn't actually make them ugly. It's just a reflection of my own thoughts. And often, um, if you become really aware of your system, you start to realize that these chemical reactions are literally just chemical reactions. It's just a thought. So sometimes when you meditate for a really long time, like I have, I can eat sugar, too much sugar the day before, and I wake up from my meditation in the morning, and I know my thoughts are going to be a little bit more grumpy, aggressive, um, chattery. Mm -hmm. um, my meditation is not going to be as calm because, of, again, no fault of my own. It's just the chemical reaction that happened in my system because I ate too much sugar. And so I just know, okay, well, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and my meditation is not going to be as peaceful right. because my mind is just going to be like, you know, I feel really toxic after days like that. Just, I just feel toxic. Everything about me, my entire being feels toxic. Yeah. And then just realizing, again, it has nothing to do with um, whether you're a good person, bad person, whether you're right, whether you're wrong. It just is. So I ate sugar and now I have negative thoughts. Right. And this That's it. And then it, they'll come back, right? right. right. <laughs> Don't right. eat too much sugar the next day and you'll wake up in the morning It'll and your meditation fun. will be beautiful again. Exactly. Um, but that, I don't think this is something that we get to really explore very often in our Western culture. We really think like our thoughts are the truth. And just because we think them, that makes it true. And that's just not the case. I mean, you know, anybody who studies psychology now and how the mind works and how these chemical processes work, I mean, um, even that's part of the reason why these medications can work for people because it is chemical mixtures in your brain and they're, they're adjusting the chemicals in your brain and in your system. And then that's what brings you out of that depression. Now we can do that with natural methods as well. Um, you can use meditation, you can use diet, you can use um, Hatha yoga practices, you can use breathing practices to like boost your serotonin. One nice thing is like that I love about meditation is it's not just about controlling the thoughts because there is that factor too of like just having the habit of redirecting the thought, redirecting the thought, redirecting the thought. It almost creates like these new grooves in your brain. So like if you constantly think a negative thought, like um, I'm worthless, I'm worthless, I'm worthless. Then what happens is it creates like a natural groove. So that's kind of like your default. So when that chemical reaction happens, like that's the default reaction. But the cool thing is, is you can actually change that by actually in yoga, it is an ancient practice called Pratipaksha Bhavana. You take a negative thought and you replace it with a positive one. Now, how cool is it that 5,000 years ago, they knew this, what psychologists are now just discovering today. So in psychology today, you can pick up like magazines and read all these articles about like, Oh, cognitive behavioral therapy. We can have like change the way people feel and what they think. And as you're changing their thoughts, you also change the way the chemicals are released in your system. One beautiful thing that I just love so much that talks about like not only just the thoughts, but also how our physical body can interact is the simple act of smiling. So you actually don't have to be happy. You don't have to like really want to smile. All you got to do is turn up. <laughs> the corners of your mouth and it will literally start to change the chemicals in your body it starts to release dopamine and serotonin and then as you're releasing dopamine and serotonin what happens your your thoughts start to change because you just change the chemicals mm -hmm. so again it's all these physical things that are happening but bringing it back to the chakras the first place is to start on these really subtle levels because these subtle levels also by the time it got to your thoughts then this is like, again, the chemical reactions that will eventually solidify into your body, but we can catch it all before it even gets to your thoughts in your body. And so if we can start doing these healing processes before then, then we can really change literally how your entire day goes. I can't tell you, like in the deepest, darkest pits of my depression, um, how I just would start practicing that one simple thing. Cause some days that's all I could do. And I would just like, turn up the corners of my mouth and be like this feels really silly but but, right. but it's that's working a thing to do. <laughs> it's so simple it's so simple it's something we can all do you know and another powerful one is hugging right i just love the research they're doing on hugs now like a 30 second hug 
can completely change what's going on in your brain chemistry. Right. And so, okay, so what is happening during a hug? Yeah. Right. We've got our heart chakra. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is we are pressing our heart chakra against somebody else's heart chakra. And so those chakras are almost like igniting each other and getting this energy moving. And then as the energy is moving, it's starting to affect, again, our physical bodies and then our mental capacity too it's exciting it is i mean one of the things that people can do when they're stressed is you know hug themselves it really helps it really helps and people are like i feel so stupid no 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 you're it's it's actually doing something for you you're not well and again and you're putting pressure literally on this area right so this is not just like um oh i'm just being silly i'm just hugging myself it is i'm literally stimulating this area and so as I'm stimulating this area, then of course I'm gonna start noticing a difference. So then we, the last one, seventh <laughs> chakra, purple, crown chakra, okay? So I'm this, glad you brought us back around there somewhere. I get a little, I'm on track here. Okay. Did it all. <laughs> so that's okay. I don't mind going off. Um, so, okay, so our crown chakra, what is this? Oh, so our crown chakra is literally our connection to the divine. And it actually doesn't sit right here on our head. It's actually just a little bit above it. Mm. And so this is um, this is another one where if you have migraines or um, uh, depression, any kind of neurological stuff, anything like that, often this is a place where you are no longer connected with divine energy. And so there's actually meditations you can do to sort of like reach up, like imagine like just reaching way up into the sky as high as you can and just like opening up to this energy to flow down through this chakra. Um, and it really does have to feel like disconnected from a higher source, um, your lack of purpose. Mm -hmm. Also, if you're feeling really uh, stuck on this human form, right, in this human plane, because you know, so often they say like, we are not, um, you know, physical forms having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And so tapping into that spiritual energy. Um, and again, like this is not, I'm not even just talking about religion here. I am really talking about science. Like we know that like something else is going on in this physical form. Mm -hmm. There is some energy that's swirling beyond us. We know that like, you know, when we pray over here, like that energy can go and affect something in a different space. And they can actually, again, like I love science so much. Um, I'm a little bit of a nerdy person that way, um, but it's okay. <laughs> I do spend a lot of time reading like different um, scientific studies because I think it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. These things, again, that we, that these ancient um, people knew, these indigenous cultures knew that now we're able to to prove. So like this connectedness with divine, um, you know, there's a reason why in like AA, it wasn't working until they realized that you had to connect to a higher power. You have to give stuff over to a higher power. Mm -hmm. And I don't care what you call that. You mm -hmm. can call it universal energy. You can call it God. You can call it higher power. You can call it mother nature, whatever it is. We have to have that awareness that there is something bigger than us happening in order for us to really be able to thrive on this human plane. Because otherwise we get stuck in this humanness and we get stuck in our own, like we said, in our own bodies, in our own minds. And we start to think that everything we think is real, everything that's happening in this plane is real and it's the only reality we'll ever know. And that is literally like where we get stuck in depression, anxiety, things like that. So really so much of that cure is just doing meditations and allowing yourself to and you really said we could just kind of go like that and like just kind of focus up yeah yeah it's mm -hmm. it's very powerful and just imagine like bright white light just coming down into your mm -hmm. your head it's it's uh again i'm a thinker my head gets really hot when i'm doing too much thinking <laughs> then i know like oh gosh i can almost feel like pressure and tightness and i'm like I am not connecting to a higher source. I am stuck right now in this moment of thinking that I have to do everything. I have to figure it out. All the responsibilities on me. Um, and that's just not the truth of how the universe. It's really important that you're sharing this because for someone who grew up in this philosophy, who you know it, like, you know, the back of your hand, 
um, you still are human and you still yes. fall into human behaviors, you know? The Absolutely. thing is, it, it's not about the behavior, it's about knowing how to get, how to correct it. You Absolutely. Know, not that you're not going to have the behaviors, it's just knowing, having tools for um, moving yourself through it, right? Yeah, for me, it's like butterfly band-aids or something, right? Like, you cut your hand, well, one person could cut their hand and just like be, be like, I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding, oh my God, I'm bleeding, what am I going to do? Somebody else would be like, oh, I cut my hand. Let me wrap it up. Let me stop the bleeding. Let me put a little butterfly band aid on it. Who's going to be better off? Like the person running around bleeding everywhere saying, I cut my hand. I don't know what to do. Or the person is like, I got some tools. I know how to wrap this cut. I know to put butterfly band aids on, right? Like that is going to heal better. So I think it's just kind of like that. Like we have these tools. Do we always use them? Absolutely not. In my 20s, did I want to use them? No. I was like, you know, I want to find out my own experience in this world and I want to understand it from my own space and believe me the universe was listening I got to definitely <laughs> experience it from my own space mm -hmm. but I'm really grateful because I think like if I had just and again this is just my own story but I feel like if I had gone through life and everything had just been perfect and I never really had an opportunity to use these in a really practical way I wouldn't be able to share them in the same way because I really understand how they can transform your life. Like I was in a really dark place after September 11th. It was so painful to me. How old were you the, at the time? I was, I guess, 30 at the time. Oh my God. And I worked on, I worked in the same building for a year afterwards. And it was just every day, just being faced with such death and suffering and sadness. And everyone around me was just struggling. And it was so hard. Hmm. And I did not even, I mean, I had the tools, but I didn't know how to apply the tools um, to that context until Swami Satchidananda, who was my teacher um, and the founder of Integral Yoga, he, you know, talked to me and he said, you, you know, you have this, like, you got to have faith. You have the, the tools to be able to, to fix this. And sure enough, it took a while, but I, um, I have to say, like, it is worth doing the work. It is worth applying these tools because anybody who knows me now can see, like, I'm a really joyful, happy person. And there was once upon a time where I wasn't even sure I was going to make it. Like, I was so depressed. And so um, anybody out there, especially this time of year, right? This time of year is so challenging for people. There's a lot of struggling and a lot of sadness and a lot of grief. I have so many people who are like Christmas, December, like, just a really tough time for me. Mm -hmm. um, and just remembering that there are really great tools that can support you in this. And so part of it is it doesn't even have to be dealing with it directly. You got some trauma. Don't deal with the trauma directly right now. Go ahead and just meditate on the chakras and the space where you feel stuck. See if you could open that up and just focus on that. One really beautiful thing is using um, stones and crystals. I love stones and crystals because you can get a stone or a crystal the color of the chakra mm -hmm. and you can just put that on the chakra and it's again nature is so amazing like the way that the universe is so beautifully matched like these stones were created that are the colors of the chakras that we need so when we place them on the chakras it ignites them recharges them allows them and you didn't have to do anything except for lay there with some stones on you mm -hmm. right like that's simple that doesn't you can do that in your most depressed state you can sit there and put a stone on your forehead the um, color of the chakra and the color of the chakra mm -hmm. and you can google all of this i mean that's the beauty right. of google is all of these are available to you and you can see beautiful graphics um, so, also, um, okay, yeah, I think we should probably talk about some of the ways. Yeah, we, we are. So, so you talked about meditation. You talked about yoga. You talk about you talk about stones and crystals. Okay, some other ways. Yeah. So another beautiful one is aromatherapy. Um, different plants have different energies and different um, healing properties. Now we can measure these in really scientific terms, right? It's got um, these certain essences or these certain chemicals in it that have a certain reaction in your brain or whatever. But what I really love about aromatherapy is you don't have to know all that in order to find what you need. All you have to do is smell it. If it smells good, it's what you need. 
Mm. It's that simple. Like, but find the smells that just make you go, wow, I could just sniff this all day. And then you literally can just like put it on a little piece of Kleenex or something and just carry it around with you. Just inhale it. Um, you can wear, you know, just a little bit on your, your wrist or something and smell it throughout the day. Um, these are really powerful. And again, you can look up some information about like different essences that align with different chakras and how the plants react to that. Um, then another great one is sound healing. Mm -hmm. Sound is so great. And we do a lot of integral yoga in New York. Now we do a lot of sound baths where we use gongs and crystal bowls and all of these things to, um, to create different sounds. And each chakra actually has a sound associated with it. Um, Jonathan Goldman, if you're looking for a really great recording and you can find him on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you listen to, Jonathan Goldman has a beautiful chakra healing where he actually does the sounds and um, he does a lot with vibrations and hemi-sync type things and mm. how sound can balance out your brain. Mm. Um, and his recordings are so amazing because you don't have, again, you don't have to do anything. It's not an active practice. You can just lay there in your bed, put on your earbuds, listen to this recording and it balances out your chakras. I had a salon and spa for many, many years and this was like my go-to because I said it was like my little cheat because I'd have people come in and they'd lay on the, the bed and I'd be doing like their body work or I'd be doing a facial and this music would be playing in the background. Well, by the time they got up, they had no realization that I had just balanced all their chakras with this sound, but they'd get up and be like, I feel so great, Radha, you're so amazing. I was like, yes, I am amazing. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I had a little tool to help me along. <laughs> <laughs> my little private arsenal down there and, and bringing peace and, and calmness to people. So Jonathan Goldman is a great resource. Oh, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, my son, um, for my son's last birthday, I always try to get him something really interesting. And um, he and his uh, fiance just moved into a house. Um, and they dedicated, they knew they were going to dedicate one room to being like a meditation room. So they've mm. got all kinds of stuff going on there. So I sent him a crystal singing bowl. He loved it. He loved it. It was such a great gift, you know, and I researched the, um, the frequency that I thought would be, you know, good for him. And it's just mm. beautiful, but they, sometimes they put up one. It's like, um, I guess it's a YouTube channel or something. There's some man that sits there and he does all the bowls and, just yeah, this is where I love technology. I mean, technology brings these things to everybody and to the masses in a way that we never were able to do that before. And you certainly can get incredible. It's not quite the same as like when the gong is actually gonging because the gongs, um, we, again, in our sound baths, we have these master gong players and sometimes you just go to really trippy places mm. and when you're listening and you're like, oh, I feel like they were over here and then they were over there and then you know, I heard like this wave happening and, you know, it's really amazing what sound can do. Now, if you don't have access to that, that's one of the reasons why we chant in yoga. And so we have these mantras and these sound vibrations that we repeat. And one of the easiest ones is Hari Om. Um, if you've ever been to like a yoga class, often you've heard people say Hari Om. And Hari Om is a really powerful one because it aligns um, these chakras above your heart chakra. So when you chant, well, actually, it comes from your solar plexus first. So as you chant ha, it kind of um, activates your solar plexus. As you're saying re, it comes up through your throat. And then as you say om, it comes up into your third eye in your oh, crown wow. chakra. Hari and so it's really powerful that you just say, you know. Um, and again, Swami Satchidananda has great recordings. We have them available on Spotify and wherever you, you know, stream your music from. Um, and there's a beautiful one of Hariyom of him just saying, you know, Hariyom, And you just listen to that and you can chant along with it. And again, the vibration of the chanting um, actually vibrates your chakras and can really balance them. Are these, the um, are these do, do you have to be part of, um, do you have to have a subscription to be able to listen to these? No, so it's great. Like if you, well, if it, I, I don't know. I mean, I think with Spotify, like if you want to listen to something specifically, pick out that exact one, you might have to have a subscription. But I think they're also available like on YouTube and um, I have Apple Music. Um, 
And so I listened to all so of them. So that's Swami Satchitananda. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to look that up. I'm not spelling yeah, it for you people. <laughs> I think it's actually in the um, in the show notes. I think I wrote that in the show notes somewhere. I think it probably is, or if yeah. my bio is somewhere, then yes, you'll see it absolutely. in there. Or you can but, come visit us at Integral Yoga, too. Right. And your website is yogaville.org, right? Ours is actually I-Y-I-N-Y.org. Oh, you have two. Um, but Yogaville is the other website. So okay. Yogaville is our international headquarters in Virginia. Okay. So I Y I ny.org okay okay so then um so to wrap it up we were talking about affirmations already pratipaksha bhavana right replacing um, okay and the negative last one the last one's so important grounding because again it's so simple so we again we were talking about how our bodies are electrical like we have all these electrical impulses and the earth actually has an electrical charge that is meant to balance out and ground our electrical system and so all you have to do is go outside and be barefoot um, even most cities, we live in New York City, you can find some grass somewhere. We have little Hudson River Park. We've got squares of grass that, you know, about the big as this desk or something. But I find those squares of grass. And, yeah, right. I just put my feet in there and just stand there. Um, about 15 minutes of grounding is really all you need. And it really does work with your whole electrical system. Remember that these also have electrical impulses in them. And so it really can just balance everything out. So I love the fact that, like, you don't have to do something long and complicated to have a balanced system. These things are really simple. They um, take very little effort. You don't have to have any money to go out and ground yourself, right? Maybe you have to have money to buy chakras, but to just say OM and to chant and to ground yourself, that doesn't cost you anything that's totally free. Right. So, you know, these are available to you and really like I encourage everybody just to try some of them in their life and see what works for them. Um, see what actually is making a difference because they're something that everyone can do. It doesn't matter how old you are, or young you are, or how healthy you are, or sick you are. Anybody can go out and you know stand yeah. in the grass. That is, that's really um, a great benefit to doing. Or the sand, or the desert. You just have to be on the ground. I should ground, say that right. it doesn't have what to be grass. Water? Just what about water? Water is also very grounding, has a little bit of a different electrical charge, and depending on how much salt is in the water, it also will have a separate charge. So that's why some people really prefer fresh water. Some people prefer salt water. Mm. Um, it probably has to do a little bit with what your system needs and how your body's reacting to So you the just can tell with how you feel in that body of water. How it, yeah, again, you are, we are intuitive. We know our own bodies if we are willing to listen. So just like with the aromatherapy, it's going to tell you that scent smells good. That's what you need. Just like whichever body of water resonates with you, um, that is the one that you probably need. And it won't necessarily be forever. Sometimes we change because right. our systems balance out. So you may be like, oh, I really loved fresh water when I was young, but now I really prefer the ocean. ocean. There's probably a reason for that. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. So fascinating. This is so fascinating. Thank you, Radha. We, um, you've given There's a lot of information in there. <laughs> it's a lot of information, but it's all things that people can do and relate to. I mean, it, there's, there's something here for everybody. Yeah, know? and I think so often people think of like, especially when they hear the term yoga, one of the things I really feel passionate about is educating people about that term because so many people think like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and do this exercise class. Yoga is actually this entire lifestyle and system of how you live your life in order to gain, maintain that balance and realize I'm not the body, I'm not the mind. Mm -hmm. I am the immortal self. I am something bigger and greater and peaceful and mm -hmm. calm in there. So, um, so I love all these little things because yoga can be done all day, every day. You know, standing out and grounding yourself on the earth can be yoga. Um, sitting and having, you know, um, uh, stones on your chakras can be yoga mm -hmm. like yoga is so many things it's not just these physical postures that we do for an hour at the yoga studio or in the gym it's it is a very practical lifestyle that can really bring you great benefit and alleviate a lot of these symptoms whether it is heart disease depression anxiety diabetes we really are seeing how utilizing meditation breathing practices physical postures all of these other things we've been talking about how we can really live like a healthy life um, uh, by utilizing these and implementing them in our daily life it is fantastic 
I love everything that you shared. Mm, thank you, Randy. It's been yeah, really fun I to really be do. here with I you. Wanna, I have to check out Jonathan Goldman. I, I'm, I'm really yeah. interested in that. Um, okay, so we said your we said your website was. Um, I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> uh, okay, i y i y i n y dot org. Yeah, it stands for Integral Yoga Institute New York dot org. Okay. So i y i n y dot org, and you can certainly, if you want to do like a longer retreat or a silent retreat, one where you actually go to a destination check out yogaville.org as well. We have a beautiful digital detox coming up, which also oh, really? is really fun. Yeah, where you just go and like get off all your devices, walk in nature, do your meditation, do your grounding. Um, and like in three or four days, you feel like a completely different person. Do you have a complex where you do these or you actually go to destinations? Uh, we actually have a complex. So there's a big ashram in Virginia and it's beautiful right along the James River. We have lots of walking trails and we have a beautiful lotus temple you can meditate in. It's truly nice. gorgeous. So check it out online and see nice. all we have to offer. So nice to meet you. Thank you. You too, Randy. Thank you so much. Today. It was fun. It was, and I hope everybody has a beautiful day. Thank you. I'm just trying to get, okay. Take care. Have a great day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.